0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., stuck in my home. And today, I'm going to be talking with Greg Oliar again. We're going to be talking about the, just the wonderful job President Hillary Clinton is doing, keeping America safe and lowering that curve. Haha, ha, no, I'm kidding. We have a fucking lunatic in charge and everything is going to hell. Sorry, I shouldn't tease, but you know, what, what's going on? What the fuck is happening? Uh, Greg is going to kind of talk me down off the ledge. Uh, as far as the idea that, the, that Trump is going to try to cancel the election. So y- you want to hear this. If you're worried about Trump canceling the election, election, listen to Greg. Before I even get into it, I want to say that before I did this video, I'm sorry, before we did this podcast, um, I don't know, I guess something on my um, monitor was off. So it's a little, I think that, the, how, how can I explain this? It was too loud going in. If that makes any sense. So there's a little bit of crackle every once in a while. Not all the time, not through the whole show. But I believe the problem has been fixed now. So for future shows, that's not going to happen. But just FYI, um, I I did some repair to the show that I just did with Greg. And it's not terrible or anything. It's just there are certain times where my microphone, um, I guess it was up too loud. So then, when it goes in, it's got that little like uh, fuzzy sound at the top of my voice. So I did what I could, but just FYI, keep it in mind that the whole the whole show is not like that, but there were parts of the show that were. So I have fixed that now, and that should not happen in future shows. So there you go. (laughs) What else am I? Oh, okay. On Wednesday, I'm going to talk to Catherine Stewart. She is the author of. The Power Worshippers, Inside the Dangerous Rise of Religious Nationalism, and she really takes an in-depth approach, and it's, it's a fascinating book. She's going to have a lot of really interesting things to say, so I hope you're going to stay tuned and listen to that one on Wednesday, this Wednesday. Also, I'm going to be talking with Kirsten Warren. She is an actress. She is married to Kirk Acevedo, and she's funny, and I, I enjoy her presence on Twitter very much. I have never met her in person, but in a weird way, I consider her to be my friend. So we're just going to talk about a number of things. I'm going to ask her about her um, her life as an actress and also, you know, current political events. So that should be a fun show. I will be doing a solo show either Thursday or this Thursday or next Tuesday. I'm shooting for Thursday, but um, as I said to Greg, it's very tough for me. To keep focus, and it's weird because I have—I'm not doing anything different, you know. I mean, my life isn't really different. I know a lot of other people's lives have been uprooted, and they have to be home, and they have to do all this work from home. And it, it, I work from home every day. That's my life. So um, my schedule hasn't really changed. My my home life isn't very different. Yet it feels so incredibly different because obviously we are going through a global pandemic, and Trump is at the helm. So. Jesus fucking Christ. We're in, we're in some deep shit. Um, but you know what? We're going to get through this. Talking to Greg always helps because he's a voice of reason. I really enjoy talking to him. He's funny. And you know, we, we do talk about politics and we do talk about the pandemic, but then we get into, um, just some more fun stuff about ways we're being entertained, um, shows we're watching, books, reading, stuff like that. So, um, it's a good show. It's a fun show. But of course, before I get started, I have to remind everybody that Start Me Up is an independent podcast and it's woman run by me. So it would be super, super awesome if you like the show, that you become a patron. I always have interesting guests, interesting conversations. Um, So many cool people have been on the show. And it seems to me that from looking at the uh, downloads and views that the audience really seems to like the regulars, whether it's Sarah Wood or Greg Oliar. So let me know what you think. Like, do you, I know you like different guests. Like I had Connie Schultz on a couple of weeks ago. I'm still getting positive comments on that. So I want to know though, like what kind of guests you like the best, because I'll just keep booking them. And then um, what else? Oh, so, okay if you like the show, (laughs) please become a monthly subscriber and you just go to patreon.com slash start me up. You can see all the tiers start off at $2. And then if you like what you hear, you can always upgrade to the $5 or even more. $5 gets you into the patrons only segments or usually me alone. Although I did one with Stephanie last week. Um, And while we're doing the, while the pandemic thing is going on, I mean, I might carry this over later, but you know, occasionally I might have a guest and it'll just be for patrons only and it'll, be more personal and it'll be just for you guys. So I will, just so you know, soon, um, I'm g- first I'm going to make all these just for patrons only, which means a dollar and up. But then I'm closing it off. And it's going to be for $5 only once I feel like I have enough people on board, because this is something new I've started. And I, you know, I, I don't want to put something out if no one's going to listen to it. So I need you guys to like sign up for the $5 tier if you're interested in that, because it will go to the $5. And when I do the solo shows, I try to make them as interesting as possible. I think I'm not sure, but I think I'm going to talk about somebody that I used to date. And I I refer to him as turd. (laughs) And he's really not the worst person in the world. He was, he was okay. But what a crazy fucking relationship I had with him. And there were some things that I learned from it. And so and and, and there were always there's always funny, there's always funny. Um, So I think I might talk about him. But we'll see. I'm not sure. Because there's a couple other things that are like going through my mind. And, um, you know, it really just depends on what I'm motivated. But I was I've been thinking about the turd thing. And I actually called him turd to his face. We always would have like crazy banter. We always put each other down, but not like in a mean way. Although turds mean because he was a jerk one time and he really pissed me off. So I called him turd. But the story behind it is fucking hilarious. Um, It was probably funnier when it actually happened, but I'm still going to tell the story. So, um, if you sign, you can also just sign up for whatever, like maybe you have lots of money and you would just want to support me. You can sign up for $10 or $25 or even a hundred dollars. That would be awesome. Um, when you sign up for any dollar amount though, start me up gets delivered to your email box. So you won't miss a show. And also what else, what else, um, you can make a one-time donation. I always include my email address, And, uh, that goes to my PayPal account in the text of the Patreon description. So you can do that too. I always appreciate everything. I appreciate all of you. I am so grateful for all of you. And I'm so grateful to have this, um, you know, this platform that I can talk to you. And I feel like there's so, you know, Ziggy and Andrew and Beth and Amanda and, oh my God, so many of you that I'm forgetting. And I'm sorry, Ted the Cat. It's so fun to hear from you, Mike and, um, Oh, there's somebody's name who's escaping me. But I, I, I read every comment and I, I get to every comment and I really like it. So I, I, I am so grateful for all of you. Thank you so much for being patrons. You mean so much to me. And it feels really good to do this show, especially right now. It's, it's like I was telling Greg, I'm having a hard time writing because I feel like I don't know what to write you know, I just, I don't know what, what something unique that I have to offer that, you know, everyone else isn't saying a hundred different ways. It's so difficult for me to write right now. And, um, it's always been difficult for me to write in a time where something sensational is going on because everyone is talking about it and everyone has opinions. And I just feel like, well, I don't, okay, well, I have my opinion, but everybody else has their opinions. And so what, cause we're all pretty much on the same page. Um, I am thinking though, of writing something and I, 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 mention this to Greg a little bit, but it has to do with where we went wrong, and I, I kind of believe. I mean, you can go back to before this, but as far as in recent history, especially while you know I've been alive, I think Jimmy Carter. You know, you know, getting rid of Carter and then replacing him with Reagan, and it was like a fucking red map with Reagan. I think you know the greed is good. No, actually, not very good. <laughs> So I think that's where we went wrong. And if we would have gone on the path that Jimmy Carter had set with solar panels on the White House and wanting to protect Mother Earth, I think we would have been in better shape than we are right now. I think that would have just been the better choice. But stupid Americans, stupid human beings, we went with greed is good and cocaine and bright colors and lots of fun music. So, And debt, credit card debt, because that happened during the Reagan years. Woohoo! Uh, Anyway, so please, please, please go over to iTunes and go to Apple Podcasts, become a subscriber, which is free. You can give uh, a rating and review. They are always welcome. They are always encouraged, and I would really appreciate it. So anyway, that's it. I am done blabbing. Now I'm going to talk with Greg Oliar. Welcome back, Greg.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I like having you. you you're uh, somebody who keeps me sane. One of, one of the people that keeps me sane when I read your tweets, you have such a, a way. It's like you're calm. I don't know if you're like calm naturally, but you have like a calmness about you.
1: <laughs> I try to, pre- I try to pre- uh, present that way on the Twitter. Um, on the Twitter. I want to tell uh, your listeners, because I think this is important, that you and I are observing social distancing. Yes. And we're now, what, 350 miles apart? So <laughs> you know, I think we're good. <laughs>
0: I'm not breathing on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, oh, my God. Well, first of all, I just have to say something. Uh, do you know who Sarah Wood is?
1: Sarah Wood. I know the name. Why do I know She's the on
0: Twitter. She's funny. And she just tweeted, okay. my no bra quarantine boobs will now be called quarantine, quarantine titties. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. We got to laugh, right? <laughs> we have to
1: laugh, you know, without laughter. Uh, well, there's some, some quote. I forget. I think it's Shaw that said. You know, uh, basically, I'm going to boggle it, but, you know, stuff doesn't stop being funny when people die any more than it stops being sad when people laugh. Yeah. Maybe it's the opposite way. You know, it's <laughs> the same. Life goes on, even in, in extreme circumstances. So we have to find the humor. Yeah. Um, I mean, as so the... far as it's possible.
0: I'm just, you know, I, I'm having such a hard time. Like as far as like writing is concerned, I have an idea for something to write, but, um, and I'm going to have to do some research on it, but I I admit that I've been having a difficult time because even like setting up these podcasts, like I'm going to be interviewing Diedrich Bader, the actor, April, and I'm excited about that, but it's going to be easier because all I, it's like, I just will research his career as an actor and, you know, and I'll find things to ask him about his, you know, how he studied and stuff. But when it, when it pertains to conversations like the one we're having, um, I feel like a little lost, even though there's so much to talk about, there are so many things that we can talk about. And I'm not really worried because you're somebody who has lots of, you're a good talker. I'm a good talker, but (laughs) it's like, um, I just, my brain is scattered. It's hard for me to focus. It's hard for me. I can't fucking believe we're here.
1: I know. I I I, I think scatterbrainsness is a thing. I I, yeah. I my my short term memory has just completely self destructed in the last month. Wow. Um, there, there's so much on overload anyway. I mean, there's so many yeah. things we have to pay attention to because of this president. Um, anyway, regardless, before coronavirus, we had to really mm-hmm. be extra special vigilant, and now it's just. You know, I I, I I went through the you know the sort of the spy craft stuff <laughs> about the Trump thing and kind of the the money laundering stuff. I was all in on that. But once it gets into the legal stuff, I'm not a lawyer and I start to I start to not you know be able to understand it as well as I would like. Yeah. But now we're in the biology section of this, and this is out of my reckoning.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> Fuckin a. Fuckin a. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Well, so let me ask you this, because you and I had a little chat about it on the DM, but you know, I am concerned. First of all, I got the worrying gene from the Johnson side of my family. And, you know, even my boyfriend, Bob, he's like, oh, my God, you worry more than anyone I've ever met. And he hasn't even met uh, some people in my family who are so much worse than I am. And, like, my father is a worrier, and my sister is, and we're not as bad, but... I have a tendency to worry about everything. And so, of course, there's the idea. People keep saying Trump may try to cancel the election. Now, I have to say, too, my boyfriend Bob is like, no, that's not going to happen because um, you need a congressional vote and it's up to individual states. But, but then there's this, like, what about martial law? Uh, so talk me down off the ledge.
1: <laughs> OK, I'm writing about that. I, I actually wrote a piece about this, uh, which is I'm going to post tomorrow at my. At my prevail page, but I'll give you the skinny. There, there's two narratives, and I think it's it's right to think about them. I mean, we have to at least mm-hmm. think about
0: them, mm-hmm.
1: um, but I don't think it's right to panic about.
0: Them. Right. Well, First, no. Is the,
1: is the martial law business, and um, you know, there's a difference between martial law and what's happening now. Certainly in New York, where I live, where we're sort of on lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm allowed to go take a walk. I can go to the food store. It's not like the, there's, the army is in the street, yeah. like shooting at me if I go outside. And I think martial law is kind of that's, – that's what we have in our head of what that is all about. But, I mean, I, first of all, I don't even think Trump has the energy and stamina to make that happen. I, I, don't, think he, I don't think he has the, the, the emotion the, – the creative ability to even get there. That's A. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, who wants that? I mean nobody wants martial law. Trump's primary motive right now is to help the fucking stock market mm-hmm. because he thinks that that's going to help his uh, reelection. That's yeah. all he cares about, right? so having martial law and and shutting down the entire country is not going to help the stock market period i mean there's no reality in which that happens now you flip it and you say what would it even look like if that happened i don't even think people will actually be able to sit tight for a quarantine yeah that's modestly asked for by the states without popular buy-in for this kind of thing it's just it's simply not going to work americans are at heart uh, you know, individualistic. And when someone tells us something to do like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. our first instinct as a nation is to be like, don't tread on me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to the store. You yeah. know, I, I'm the sort of person where if there's a hurricane outside, I want to go outside and see what the, I'm just, that's, and I'm not particularly brave, but if you think, who, who are the Trump voters? Who are the people that really support him? Mm-hmm. It's the people that are like stockpiling AR-15s yeah. and don't like the government and don't like elites telling them what to do. So those people are going to be cool with Trump declaring martial law. No. And that's his base. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if he declares martial law, he loses his base. Mm-hmm. He, 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 the, 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 I, I, one of the things that I think is the problem with the Corona response with Trump mm-hmm. is that back in January or December or whenever these things started, people went to him and said, Hey, Mr. President, we have these projections. Look at these graphs. This is what's going to happen in three months if we don't do something now. And Trump is, above all else, he's fucking stupid. Yeah. He does not have the ability, creatively, to imagine what something will be like in three months based on some graphs. <laughs> yeah. He simply does not have <laughs> the ability. He can't fucking do it. Yeah. So, you know, he just says, well, the stock market's good now. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's the classic moron yeah. who winds up getting killed in these story in these sort of stories, you know, because he can't, he doesn't have the gene. He doesn't have the, the mental capacity to be able to imagine things going off the, off the hook. And, you know, and creative people like you and me, we can imagine. Yeah. We have no problem imagining it. So um, I think that's kind of the primary problem with him. So can he imagine what what martial law and a dictatorship will look like? No, he he can't even handle the quarantine. He's already talking about how mm-hmm. it's going to be lifted in two weeks. Yeah, you know, or whatever the time period is. He's already bored of it. He's already bored <laughs> of the narrative. Like he he doesn't have the ability cognitively to get any of this stuff done. I don't think there would be any support for that by anybody. Republicans, Democrats, anybody. Because you have, you know, there is a subset of Republicans who are these libertarians. And every once in a while, like a guy like a Mike Lee, um, you know, they'll they'll be like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. that that's just not something we're going to do, um, you know. And, and uh, wh- where is the where is the popular appeal for military dictatorship? Will the military go through with it? Because you're not allowed to, you know, quarter uh, soldiers in people's houses. Right. And we're just going to throw the Bill of Rights away. You know, I, I, I just there is no reality in which that's going to happen or, you know sustain itself if it ever were to happen. It would just be shot dead immediately. I don't even think the quarantine is enforceable. If everyone decided to go outside tomorrow, what are they gonna do? Arrest everybody and put them in jail? Yeah. No, we're staying inside because we know that we have a civic responsibility. Mm -hmm. As for the election being postponed, no fucking way. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a shit if there are actual zombies outside spewing <laughs> Ebola into my fucking eyeballs. I'm voting on November 3rd, and so are you, and so is everybody else that we know. There's not a goddamn thing that anybody can do about it. I will walk through a tank to get to the polls. <laughs> yeah. Period. And everybody else feels the same way. So, um, that's a, but also I don't even think the timing is right. I think that, you know, and God willing, I'm not a scientist. I don't know anything about this. I just know based on things that I've seen mm-hmm. by November, a lot of people will have already been infected with this disease. Yes. And you know, a lot of people will die. That's, mm-hmm. It's going to be awful. I'm not going I'm not trying to, to downplay the, the, the catastrophically tragic effects yeah. that this is going to have, but by November, I don't think we're still going to be in this kind of quarantine. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's a a percentage of the population. I think it's 70 or 75 percent. Once that number has been exposed to the virus, Mm -hmm. everything starts to trail off. And it may be that it that it goes down in the summer and back up in the fall. I've Mm -hmm. seen that, too. Mm -hmm. But um, I think by November, it's not it's not going to be a situation like it is, you know, even right now um, with the voting. And then it's not it's against the law. Uh, on January 20th at high noon, 2021, mm-hmm. that motherfucker's done. And if he stays in the White House for one second longer than that, we're allowed to go in there and get, uh, get you know, throw him out because he's a squatter.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking squatter. Um, yeah. I, I saw somebody, and I don't know about the chain, but, um, you know, first I saw somebody say, well, if he were to not leave, then just what you were saying, okay, January 20th, he's out. And somebody said, well, then it goes to the um, – Speaker of the house, but she, but Nancy Pelosi's term is up on, on the same day. Um, and then it would go to Chuck Grassley. So, I mean, like that doesn't make me feel good because frankly, I remember Michael Cohen saying that, you know, he's not going to leave peacefully. So I, I don't know what we're in for and, you know, clearly postponing or, um, you know, uh, what what was I going to say? Like canceling the elections is, is, is a first fear that we're going to have, you know, because we understand that he's going to. He's going to resist all of this. What's he going to do? How's he going to do it? You know, I mean, he could try to take – one of the things he could do is just take the uh, election results and say, I don't believe these. These are wrong. This is rigged and take it to the Supreme Court. There's something well, like he fine. could do.
1: There's, there's plenty of time for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you know, November to January is right. plenty of time. He, he can say whatever he wants. There, there's a number, a popular vote number, an electoral vote number that will be so – high and drastic that he can't possibly wiggle out of it i mean the only reason that the electoral college bullshit worked this last time mm-hmm. and it was definitely manipulated yes right, by the russians they fucked with it yeah they did and you know I, they're to blame mm-hmm. the comey letter is to blame mm-hmm. the new york fucking times is to blame for that horrible uh story they did saying there was no, nothing to Trump, Russia. And Bernie right. is to blame, too, for not dropping out and enthusiastically endorsing her like he should have. Mm-hmm. The, all of those factors are in play, but the, the margins were tight. It was a close election. This is not going to be a close election.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, I know it's going to be tough because, you know, even if it comes down to ma- mail-in ballots, I mean, look, a lot a lot of these primaries, you know, a lot of people voted by mail anyway before yes, this yeah. pandemic even was a thing. and so I think, you know, as long as states just uh, take that into account and allow for mail-in ballots, I totally agree that this is... Um, we can't, One thing we can't do, though, is uh, the online fucking ballot. No fucking no, way. No, no. no, no fucking that's, way. That,
1: that's not... That can't happen. No. I, mean, I think they know that, and I think we'll, you know, we'll get that in place. But we have to get to November. I mean, yeah, I know. You know... The, uh, now you Now, you don't like to think... There, there's so many ripple effects of this thing. Um, here's a ripple effect. I, I, think, I, I think that... You know, before this happened, it was there was this big thing where uh, Joe Biden had just won Super Tuesday and he was cruising to what looked like a pretty, um, you know, decisive victory mm-hmm. over Bernie Sanders, which I celebrate because I, I Bernie Sanders in <laughs> as the nominee. Uh, it. it it just means that that we're screwed I, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have beaten trump i think it would have been horrible and no amount of of bernie bro insisting will make it otherwise because i i think the numbers made it clear people mm-hmm. came out for biden yeah and uh so we had this wave of, of support and you know bernie was sticking it out and now suddenly everything is kind of paused like that's it we almost have hit the pause button yeah and all of that um but it's in a way, it's good. I feel like anybody now that's still super excited about Bernie, it's like, what are you talking? about? I mean, he lost. You know, <laughs> not only is he lost, what is he doing? There was a major thing going on on, yeah. on the Senate floor last night. Where the fuck was Bernie? Yeah. He was vlogging. He was hosting a variety show uh, on the fucking internet from Vermont. So, is he? Is if he's if he's too sick or too infirm to be on the Senate floor doing his job? then he shouldn't be running for president. So pick one, you know, either he's well enough to work or he's sick enough that he shouldn't be running. Yeah. So I feel like one of the, byproducts of this is that any remaining support for Bernie seems to have fizzled. Even the bots aren't as bad. The
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I know people are concerned about the idea, like, some of these Bernie people will stay home, and I'm sure some of them will, but the, I think there's a huge difference between now and 2016, and it's a number of them. I mean, first of all, we're going to have more, I know we're going to have more voters, because each um, each election, starting in 2017, um, we've seen wins with Democrats, especially in 2018, and then in 20 yeah. and, and, and and uh also in 2019 but the primaries pe- more people have been turning out and interestingly bernie has you know done a lot worse which proves I just watched that Hillary documentary. I don't know if you saw it, but I want to say a little about it in a minute. I've seen
1: half of it. Yeah. Okay. It's sad. It's sad. I, it love, is. I love her. And it's, it makes me, I know I, I it's, it's, fucking, time I was watching. Yeah, okay. it's
0: <laughs> fucking infuriating. And it's, it pisses yeah. me off because you know what I watched, uh, I'll get into it later, but um, more <laughs> of the people were voting against, or I should say like the burning people were voting against Hillary. Um, yeah. And voting, yeah. they were voting for, for Bernie because they hated Hillary so much. And this time around it's, they don't you know there's a man running so everything's different even bernie likes biden compared to the way you know he treated hillary and was toward hillary so um i think that we're gonna you know it's of course there's still a lot of Bernie people but they're not showing up to vote i don't i just don't get though how come they're showing up to rallies but they're not showing up to vote that makes no sense to me none
1: i mean i i think a lot of the bernie supporters are not showing up to vote because they're too young or they're russians
0: there I think that there are, you know, the Russians online for sure. but I mean, no, all I'm these
1: just, I'm I'm kidding, but I, I don't know. I mean no, I don't but, know but I think right.
0: it, online, yes, I think there's there's a lot of fake Bernie people out there that are really Russians because, you know, it's like it, the yeah. the article came out that, you know, he's a Russian asset. It doesn't mean he's an agent. It means he, that they are using him because they don't like Bernie. They don't like anybody. They like destroying American democracy. So they're using Bernie. So, because they understand that he's got this, you know, very passionate following and people who are like so dedicated. And so they're exploiting that. And you know, what we see online isn't necessarily real life, but what doesn't translate to me are you know these huge rallies and all this money that he's raising but then they're not showing up to vote and it really it really makes me wonder what the fuck is going on because you'd think if they're giving him their money (laughs) you know I mean parting with money is a big fucking deal especially for young people so You know, I just don't get it. And I know that if I were young and I was like in that Bernie crowd, because I was, I mean, I was in, I was for Bernie in 2016. Before I fully understood what was going on, I was for him. Sure, sure. And so... I mean, I would have, I just don't, you know, I know how, I know how my 20-something-year-old mind worked, and I would have voted, so I just, I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, I just want to get to this Hillary thing, because I finally watched the last one last night, so I won't, you know, necessarily give you any spoilers, not that there are any, but... Um, spoilers, she loses the election. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the thing, you know, the thing about this was really... Um, You you watch her. She's the Secretary of State, and she's like the most popular woman in America for like 50 million fucking years in a row. Everybody loves her. Now she's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Even one of the one of the people interviewed talked. My microphone just fell. Talked about. how, like, you know, when she was up against Barack Obama, you know, she, she was the stiff candidate, and he was, like, the one with all the energy, and just, like, even her husband. And she admitted that. You know, she's like, my husband, he's like the shake-your-hands kind of person, and he loves that. That's not who I am. She was the person who gets the job and then goes to work. Everyone loved Hillary when she was working and doing the job because she always did such a good fucking job. And so it's like, I I you know, obviously the press was um, after her for all these years in the GOP and all these lies and everything and everything sticks. And it was like, she was also talking about, you know, during the election, you know, there was the email problem and then it went away and it came back. And she said there were, you know, it was constantly email, 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 email. And so what people who were only half paying attention, Oh, Hillary's in trouble with the email scandal again. Oh, this email scandal keeps coming up and they don't really know the details of it. All they hear is drama, scandal, drama, Clinton, scandal. And that's what sticks. And yep. so, you know, she's got this uh, baggage anyway that was, you know, forced on her by liars and, and how the media jumps on it and, you know, makes her into a villain because it's good TV. And then and then here comes 2016. and And this is another reason now why I am pissed off at Bernie because he totally twisted who she was. And, and it's like, you know, I was there, I was there not liking her. And it wasn't that I hated her, but I felt that she was, and you know, sometimes the one of, I'd say one of her faults or one of her, what, something that she could have maybe worked on is she's so smart. And so when, sometimes when she talks about something, she assumes people get it. Yes. And most people don't. So either they think she comes off as arrogant or they think that she is, a you know, like the elitist. She's just a smart person who, you know, there is a nuance when you're talking to the masses because you have to not treat them that they're stupid, but you do have to hold their hand and walk them through things. And sometimes she just didn't do that. Because she was just, frankly, too fucking smart. It didn't even occur to her.
1: She didn't condescend to the American people. She didn't condescend to people. She assumed that everybody was smart enough to figure out what she was talking about. And she assumed when someone asked a question that they wanted an actual substantive answer unlike Bernie, who just regurgitates the same seven slogans over and over, <laughs> and over and over and has for the last 30 fucking years. Right.
0: <laughs> Oligaki, 1%. Yeah. And so she – but that's the thing. It's like he, he really fucked her over because he – made her reputation even worse. And so yes. when I watch this documentary and when I come from a point of view of, you know, like my my father worked at ABC News for many, many years and Hillary was pissed off at the fucking media and my dad was the media. He was the press. And so there were certain things that she did that I think were kind of petty because she was pissed off at the media and there were, you know, one of the things that she did was uh, there was the... Um, like the press party that they always have. And so my father was excited to bring my grandmother because it was always such a great party at the White House. And so because she was so pissed off at the media, which treated her like shit. So I do understand why she was upset. Um, But, you know, my dad brings my grandmother. And because she was pissed, it was raining that night and it was on the lawn. It was held in a tent. They got like a cookie and some Kool-Aid and some bullshit. You know, I don't Bill Clinton didn't. he was president at the time, um, you know. I think he might have came down and said hello, and that was it. And so my father was really disappointed. I mean, my father voted for her, but you know, he. I remember those stories growing up, and so there were there were certain negative things in place. Plus, like what you know, I was saying earlier about how you hear these scandals, and then you you just associate scandals with her. Although, I mean, I watched her through the Beng- Benghazi hearings, and I realized that was all a bunch of bullshit. And I did not hate Hillary, but when I started with the Bernie thing. I did fall for some of the propaganda I fell for you know oh well he cares about he cares about people more and she's more of a centrist than he is now i completely have a different view of her I don't view her as a centrist in any way at all (laughs) it's like she's extremely progressive and not in the way that he is not in the way that Elizabeth Warren is but still she she has different ideas about how to progress Um, but she is still progressive
1: I don't think Bernie is a progressive as much as he's just a radical. Just no, I agree. I mean, he has progressive
0: ideas. I think, you know, the we, idea of Medicare to, for all and all that.
1: I think it's important to, to sort of mourn what we lost by them cheating in this election. Yes. Like what, the one thing about Hillary is that she was never given the keys to the car. She was always working for someone else when she was secretary of yes. state. She obviously had a lot of autonomy and a lot of say, but she, ultimately it was Obama's foreign policy
0: that she mm-hmm. was in charge of. Yes.
1: When she was the first lady, it was her husband and this and that and so on, even back to the Arkansas days. So what would Hillary have been like if she was in charge? Mm-hmm. And we'll never know. Mm-hmm. And I think she would have been among the most progressive, successful
0: I, I totally agree with you. And I think – um, yeah, I, I agree with it, you. It,
1: she, she is – I mean the people that say she's not a good person
0: mm-hmm. – Wrong. To me,
1: that's that's like I, that's bat that shit. I mean, you to just read, a, to spend five minutes reading about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the stuff that she could have done. Even the thing. Remember the gold. This is from the documentary. The thing about the Goldman Sachs yes. speeches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bernie was like, "What were you saying to the Goldman Sachs? Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you talking? It's none of your bit, you know." And yeah. she said in the interview. You know, I could have gotten a job on a board of some company. I could have, like, mm-hmm. you know, done this, that, or the other. I could have been a lobbyist. I could have done each. And she said, I didn't want to do any of those things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in her mind, those things were all kind of corrupt. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so I just did a speech and they paid me. You know, <laughs> yeah. this was the least corrupt thing she could do to yeah. make money. And at, at the time, of course, she didn't articulate it that way. Right. But, um, you know, that that's it. She can't, like, people have this weird expectation that people who are politicians... And now are not, politicians anymore should not make any money at all.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's like
1: weird, like we're still, you know, it's a capitalist system, guys. You know, we're allowed to to make money. It's kind of okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and they should all, I mean, yeah. they should all, no matter what she did, no matter what she did, she got screwed over. And it reminds me of Alice Paul, who wrote the Equal Rights Amendment, who wrote the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. She fucking went to jail. She was put in a straitjacket and force-fed raw eggs and w- they stuck this metal thing down her throat to force feed her. And, you know, she fucking threw up blood. And, and, and I think in terms of like Hillary Clinton, I, I realized last night when I finished watching it and I was, you know, she gave that speech, um, when, when she knew that her concession speech and she said, you know, the, the glass ceiling was broken or it had a lot of cracks in it. And it's funny because I've, I've been, and I've talked about this on some of my other podcasts, but I've been working on manifesting, um, in my life, you know, trying to manifest the things that I want into my life and focusing on the positives and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, we all manifest everything, Every our lives are all manifested by our thoughts and, and what we mm-hmm. desire and what we go after. And so I was thinking about it. And even though I know it crushed her and it crushed all of us to, you know, see Trump win, basically to see a rapist win, um, it occurred to me that her goal in life, she, she has already manifested it. Maybe she didn't become president, but her goal was always to advance women. You know, she, she was a woman who basically pioneered so many different things and then like running for president and then getting the nomination. It's now something that is becoming normalized it, it It wasn't normal before to see a woman run now we 're starting now we had six women running, and even though they all fucking got cancelled out because they were women yeah. um, it's this slow process that you know with with um Alice Paul writing the Equal Rights Amendment, it finally just passed, and we 're going to have to battle the the legal argument about the deadline that expired, but it finally passed, and so you know Elizabeth Warren said that she, you know, knows okay, maybe it's not this time and then maybe it's not the time after that, but it's going to happen. And so, um but it's just it's just so fucking frustrating like it's an even a thing. Like, oh, can we have a woman? Can there be a can a woman be a president? Can she handle it? And it's like, "Oh my god." You know, so many times I see online, so many men are saying to me, you know, like women in my life are handling the coronavirus better than, than I'm seeing men, and I'm not trying to put men down, but I mean just the way that they're handling it in their personal lives. You know? And it's like, how can there even be a question about this? I don't know, but I highly recommend to everybody to watch this Hillary documentary, no matter what you think of her, because if you hate her, just watch it. You, know, you may not like her in the end, but you'll have a different perspective on A, who she is, and B, how she's been treated. Because it's like she's been fucking having to deal with contradictory messaging and bullshit reporting. And, you know, on one day she's a hero or a heroine and the next day she's a fucking criminal. And, you know, according to the media. And so everybody's just got these opinions about her without really understanding who she is and what she's been through. And this documentary is very thorough and very, 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 very good. But it, yeah, no, but it's, it's frustrating. I, I watched
1: half of it. And I like I said, I was crying the whole time, The, <laughs> the, the uh, and that, especially in the first episode, just, you know, because you go back. The first episode has a lot of clips of her. Yeah. when she was young. Yeah. And, you know, Wellesley and this and that. And right. When Michael when Michael Jordan retired, Nike did this great commercial where they they started off with him hitting the winning shot that was recent. And mm-hmm. then they sort of went back in time and they showed, you know, things from before that and then before and before. And it just ends with a picture of Michael Jordan in like maybe fourth grade or second grade or something. And it has the Nike swoosh, you know, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. And you look at the kid and you're like, that that little kid did all of those things. Yeah. And I felt that way watching that every time there's a right. picture of her, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. that person went on to do all of these amazing things. Yeah. It's really just, you know, what a remarkable person she is. She's yeah. just, and, and, um, and I think Bill is the first to admit it, you know. Yes. I think that the... The, one of the things in, that's interesting about the, the documentary is, I, I feel like the affection that Bill has mm-hmm. for Hillary is very real.
0: Oh, very um, real.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, he's You can see and,
0: it. He loves her. I mean, yeah, it's like does. a, yeah. a, a I mean, deep... I, you know,
1: obviously, he has his issues, and yeah. I'm not the biggest fan, but um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it was touching to watch. Anyway, I agree. It's a very good... Uh, but I want to circle back on one thing before we close this line of things. Um, obviously, we're all disappointed that that the nominee is not going to be a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody yeah. you know, felt that way. I, I was pro Kamala Harris. Yeah. I was all in that camp. And, um, you know, now suddenly we have Biden. And on a macro level, it's just like, really? It's another old white guy. Come <laughs> on. But, you know, obviously we, we you know, we're, we're, politics is about pragmatism. And yeah. he's the best guy for right now. For right now, and, yeah. you know, there, there's no question about that. I mean, I think the voters made their yeah. their – you know, feelings perfectly clear. But one of the ripple effects of the coronavirus and all this quarantining is I, I was worried about him Me on too, the campaign yeah. trail. You I know, know, he's not going And uh, I think he's <laughs> fine. I think he's healthy. I yes. think he's got the energy to do it. But now suddenly, rather than going on basically tour
0: for totally. next, like, however
1: many months and shaking all these hands and exhausting yes. himself, he just gets to stay home, yes. go on TV like once a day. Like that's great for us. It is. You know, that it's it, it's like good. Keep put that guy in bubble wrap. Put him in a, a completely sealed room. Keep him the fuck away from Rand Paul, all Republican.
0: And um, well, you know, you know the, I I know that I think it comes down to this. I mean, there there's a positive and then there's kind of a negative, but not too much of a negative. But the idea is, we know who Donald Trump is. We yes. know who Joe Biden is. Yes. I don't care how many fucking rallies you have. We know who these people are. So yeah. it's like, what's Joe Biden going to say at this point, if, if you're either for him or you're not. And at this point too, it's also, you're either for the same party or not. So right. th- there is, there is a very easy choice to make. I, I can't imagine that these people are on, anybody would be on the fence. And if they are, I mean, they're just fucking stupid because yeah. duh. And I think the, the, the negative though is the down ticket. Um, down ticket candidates who are not getting the opportunity to introduce themselves to voters by knocking on doors yes you can make phone calls and i guess you know this the coronavirus though is going to change it already has it's going to change us it's going to yeah. um change the way that we uh do campaigns and i think you know i mean at, at this point in time as you pointed out it is good because we do know who biden is and i thought exactly the same thing it's like good keep him a fucking way because he's a gaffe machine and you know he's going to say stupid shit because he's always said stupid shit that's just who yeah. he is i mean he's a good man but he's yeah. you know, he always says stupid shit and you know i mean he's been doing a pretty good job i think Oh, i um, think so too yeah. so you know i mean i don't i don't want to beat him beat up on him or anything like that. And right now he's the only one we've got. So yeah, keep him fucking safe. Keep him in bubble wrap. But the you know, I, I would encourage all of the, you know, everybody listening to make sure you understand who's running, you know, when it go all the way down to city council so that you are ready and prepared to vote. Obviously for me, it's just going to be blue, but there's going to be a bunch of, you know, bunch of people running so you want to make sure you pick the best person and you're not necessarily going to have the opportunity to meet them in the way that we did in, in past elections which brings up to me I think the coronavirus is it seems to me that it's just <laughs> it doesn't give a shit what we think anymore what our partisan lines are what our, even like the fight within the democratic party we're going to have to go for more progressive kind of legislation and governing moving forward we, we're going to need bigger government and You know, I mean, I'm not I I think that, you know, it's good to have a two party system when when both parties are sane um, and and they keep in uh, other in check because sometimes Democrats go too far with spending. And, you know, and so the Republicans can reign. And I'm talking about in the best case scenario, I'm not talking about the crazy lunatic Republicans right now, but just in the general sense, it's good to have that two party system where we can, you know, keep each other in check. Um, But I think at this point, you know, there are a lot of people like me who I feel like there is a part of there's a part of the Democratic Party that is resistant to change. And sometimes that reason is because uh, they are working with an obstructionist party and they're trying to find the way to do it. And it's, it's not happening. Sometimes it does have to do with money and bullshit, but this virus is like, I don't care. Fuck all of you because I'm going to do whatever I want. And now we are going to have to readjust how we govern. And I mean, I just don't know. What do you think as far as, you know, okay, let's just say Biden wins. Um, I mean, do you, I don't even know where to go because it's like, I'm so afraid that we're going to have a great depression. I I, I can't imagine. that we're not
1: (laughs) i i think i mean the only thing is and and obviously this is going to have a major major impact on the on the global yes there's no there's no question about that but the way that it differs from other downturns historically is that there will be an end to it Mm -hmm. like the virus is going to in one year from now or thereabouts the virus will have burned itself out yes and at that point Everybody will resume where where we were in mm-hmm. theory. So everybody that's furloughed, maybe you know, can go back to work. And, and it might be much sooner than this. Who the hell? Knows? I mean, right. the timelines are, are ama- but it's not like there's some weird mystery or like, oh my god, the the stock market is <laughs> crashing. Why? Well, it's because the mortgage brokers split the securities of a. Ram- <laughs> who the fuck knows. You know, this is like oh, because everybody had to stay home for two months because <laughs> of the fucking virus, man. <laughs> like it's you know, I, so I'm not I'm. I, Like, in in a sense, looking at the stock market right now is almost so short-sighted as to be stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if they should just stop. You know, I think I was reading this thing where Denmark is just like, we're just going to shut everything down for two months. Yeah, We're going to pay everybody whatever, and that's it. And if we go into debt or this or that, that's fine. We'll come back. We'll restart everything, and what will be will be. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be more of a mixed bag here, obviously, but I'm not worried about a long-term like the Great Depression lasted for, what, 15 years or something like that? last time, yeah. 12, you know, I, I, I don't think it's going to be like that. I mean, there's too many, um, you know, smart people being poised to do things. Mm-hmm. and um, But, by God, there's so many unknowns. I mean, I right now, like, there are, what, five Republican senators in, in self-quarantine? Right. yeah. You know, and not to make light of it, but at a certain point, like, people are going to start dying because of this thing, famous people celebrities yeah, right. politicians you know in iran there was a lot of politicians died mm-hmm. because they were exposed to it a lot so you know what happens if oh my god there's a there's a thing and and you know a bunch of senators die it's not impossible to yeah. you know th- there's so many unknowns that are impossible to predict i mean uh, you know god knows what, what what's actually going to happen but i think biden's going to win mm-hmm. i think me it's too. going to be an, a, a Democratic establishment administration. Mm-hmm. So whoever the vice president is, I hope it's Kamala Harris. It might be Amy Klobuchar. I don't think it's going to be anybody other than those two people. But Really? I, I don't
0: think it's going to be Klobuchar. Well, why do you think that?
1: I think she's like, you know, we have to remember that most of the voters in the country are not like you and me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have to keep, when I say we, I mean me. I'm, I'm reminding myself, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be condescending uh, or mansplaining. Um, <laughs> I'm reminding myself, like, you know, the, most voters like my mom, who's like, well, I don't know if I trust that. Yeah. And I think I think Claude Bouchard is somebody that people look at and they trust. Mm-hmm. She's from Minnesota. She's you know, she's has a history of winning these elections in, mm-hmm. you know, kind of purple states. Mm-hmm. And she, she she knows her shit. She, yeah, she she's does. She's confident. She's not. So flashy. She's not like an attention whore or anything like that. She just, you know, she's solid. Yeah. So she's not going to drive anybody away.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, will she add anybody? I don't know. But she's not going to drive anybody away.
0: Yeah.
1: I think you know, just in in a global sense, Kamala is probably going to drive more people away and also bring more people in.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's that's the choice.
0: I think I I think it would honestly be between. Harris and Warren and the reason I say Warren
1: no Warren people okay go ahead
0: (laughs) okay well the reason I say that is not because of my personal uh desire um I'm looking at this from a, a point of view of okay first of all he said that he was gonna pick a woman from that stage basically so when you know from the from the campaign so campaigning for president so it's gonna be one of those women and then um Warren brings in some of that progressive vote. I mean, that's what we'll call them. Oh,
1: you mean, you mean the people that don't go to the polls? That progressive
0: <laughs> no, because there are people fantastic. like me. But there are people like me who I, um, I mean, I, although I think people like me would have voted for Biden anyway, no matter who, who exactly. he chooses. But, um, but, some of the, so, but there are a bunch of, you know, I mean, there's, there are a bunch of like Gen Xers, because I'm a Gen Xer. So there's a bunch of Gen Xers who like Bernie. Who are not assholes, and um, and I know some of them who who would like who would like to see somebody like Warren be in there. But anyway, I'm saying her because um, I think that there's also the idea, and unfortunately, a woman has a hard time. But like, who's going? Like, I don't think Biden's going to last. I mean, I don't think Biden's going to run in 2024. No, so I don't um, it would be his vice president, and I don't know yeah. if Klobuchar has like if he would choose Klobuchar because he knows that whoever's going to be, you know, I think it would either be Harris or Warren for that reason, because they would have a more, but then there's also the black community who are like, you better pick a, you know, a black vice president woman. And so he's looking at that too. So that's why I don't know about Klobuchar because I feel like, I mean, as much yeah. as, as, you know, Elizabeth Warren wasn't able to pull it off because voters were not trusting her um, out of those women the, the Harris and Warren make more sense to me. But it's not about what I, I mean. what I, Of course, for me, what I want is Warren. I want Warren to be the fucking president. But, you know, um, take that out of it. <laughs> you know? And it's like, right. I don't know if Klobuchar has the energy to get everybody excited in 2024 20, because God only knows what we're going to see happen in those four years. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, I mean, like, look at what Obama had to go through in those first four years and thankfully he was reelected because he did such a fantastic job and you know i don't you know i don't know what's going to happen there's going to be so much to clean up. Not only is not only is Biden going to have to deal with this wretched fucking economy that's going to be way worse than what Obama had to deal with. He's going to have to deal with that pandemic, but then all the Trumpism shit because they're going to have to do certain things to clean up what Trump has done and secure elections for 2024. There are so many things that have to be done and can, can Klobuchar get that excitement? I don't, I don't know if she can. I mean, I totally agree with you that I think she's capable. And I think that yep. she would do a good job. It's just that, and you know, I'm not in love with all of her votes and I think you know, any candidate's gonna have something that you can criticize. So take out the criticizing. You know, She's voted for some of the um, conservative judges and she's also said that there's room for people in the Democratic party who are pro-life, which I do not even, that pisses me off so much. But I mean, I would still vote for her. It's not like I wouldn't vote for her, but I disagree with her there. But I mean, it's like, does she have the, does she have that charisma to, to win 2024?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I don't know. I think there's a actuarially speaking, there's a there's a likelihood that whoever the vice president is, is going to be president before 2024. Yes, that's what I think. So, you know, if it's Klobuchar and she's president for two years, then Mm -hmm. we'll know what we're getting. Right. So I'm not worried about that. I feel like with Warren, you know, there's obviously there's a lot to really like about Warren. Mm -hmm. I mean, she the people that like her, like her a lot and will, you know, run through a wall for her. And I get it. But I the the Venn diagram of those people and people who would vote for Biden anyway is virtually overlapping. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's very little right, yes. she's going to bring in that isn't already going to vote there. And she has a lot of baggage. She has a lot of negatives. Mm-hmm. And I think it came out in the, in the, in the actual primaries. People yeah. did not, I was surprised. I thought she would do better
0: than she So did I. I was, I was actually I really, humiliated, you know,
1: and, and I had heard, oh no, you know, black voters do not like Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. I heard this and yes, apparently that is true. Yeah. So are we really going to pick somebody? That's true. Well, Joe Biden, the guy who's complete, who, who, who's enormous turnaround was basically given to him by black voters primarily is he going to turn around and stab them in the back by picking somebody that they resolutely do not like right um obviously not everybody but you know generally Mm -hmm. speaking i don't know i mean it could happen i suppose but i would be i i would be disappointed also i mean and this is not for nothing but um you know if she's out we lose a senate seat
0: yeah, I know. You know, Matt? I know.
1: So, I mean, that's not the And the governor the form. is
0: Republican, so there's always that to consider.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a thing. And then if McConnell is out, why can't she be the Senate majority?
0: Yeah, I know. Well, you know, isn't that
1: a better place for her? Like she she's really good in the Senate. I like her in the Senate. Give her more power in the Senate. Well, I, and
0: I agree with that, but one there's one thing, it's like the one thing McConnell knows how to do and is very good at is, you know, just like with Nancy Pelosi, Getting everybody on board, all those back room conversations and back, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like, can, can Warren pull that off? I don't know, because obviously her strength is in solving problems. I don't know if her right. strength is getting people together and on board, because like clearly Pelosi and McConnell are very good at what they do. Yes, and I just yes. don't know if um, if that's Warren's strength, because to me, I would rather see her. You know, I mean, you'd have to pull her out of the Senate, but I'd rather see her like in charge of either education or treasury or something like that because she knows how to solve problems. She ran a governmental yeah, agency. Fine. Let
1: her be the treasury secretary. I mean, that's yeah. fine, great. I'm all for it. I'm just thinking <laughs> about the electoral, you know, kind of stuff. But I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost sort of a funny thing because he could pick almost anyone to be the vice president ultimately and he's going to win anyway
0: so well he'll win but then it goes i think you know i mean it seems to me that he's going to be advised by obama and the people who advised obama and so he's going to have this team of people who are thinking about 2024 so Mm because they they all know you know i mean it's not it's not that i think joe biden's going to die in his first term it's just that i think that he is he said i'm the bridge Um, to take you over to the next generation. So he does have plans and he's going to do things, but it's like, is he going to have the energy and stamina to last four years? I I don't know. Um, I I can't, I can't see it, but you know, I mean, clearly he's going to have people around him. So I think that those people right now who are, you know, helping him with his campaign are going to consider whoever, you know, because I think that no matter who it is, um, whatever the VP is, perhaps like who they're looking at for their VP is somebody like Julian Castro or something like that. And I think they're all looking at that right now. I mean, I don't know who, like if, if it were Harris, I don't know if she would choose Castro, but I think they're going to look at people who are, you know, because he is somebody that could bring in Texas. He's very much Obama like, and um, you know, he's somebody that could, could easily fit and, and into this group. But I think that's what they're going to be considering when they're picking a VP. And I think that Um, Joe is going to think about it. What?
1: Oh, you're talking about whoever the VP's VP would be, right? Yes. That's where you're going?
0: The VP's VP. I'm
1: going to tell you right now, if things continue, Andrew Cuomo is going to be the VP in 24. Well, that's true. That's true. Put put, put money on that. That's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, he's doing a God. fucking great job. I, I
1: live in New York and I wanna say thank God, thank God. Every day I thank God that we voted for him and not the lady from Sex in the City. Not to don't <laughs> pay her, but my God, I, at the time I was like, Please no. With Trump we need we need the experience. We need I know he's has his things, but we have to have somebody with experience. Mm-hmm. So thank God. Thank God. Thank God.
0: That's all. Sorry. <laughs> I, that is. As a New York resident. Well, Hey, you, I mean, then yeah, Molly jong fast is basically saying the same thing, you know, I yeah. mean, she's praising him all over the place because as a New York resident. Um, okay. Well, look, why don't we switch over now because we've been talking about all the doom and gloom. Um, so what are you doing to keep yourself occupied in quarantine <laughs> <laughs> well how do you um, stay entertained
1: entertain i'm never entertained. The, the, <laughs> I, you know I, I wake up i'm writing my prevail which is my substack page i mm-hmm. do that twice a week so i'm working on that i'm on twitter obviously i try to keep some sort of schedule where i get up at you know 6 6 30 whatever time the cat wants me up. <laughs> and i work in the morning i i you know put po- i write a little bit and then i've been taking these long walks i live near a college campus which is now completely empty mm-hmm. And I walk down there and I have this big two mile walk, which I even did today, even though it's snowing outside wow. here and I come back and then there's just stuff to do. It's been mm-hmm. weird to kind of like, you know, plan it all because I have a job job and mm-hmm. I have my writing job and I have another writing thing. So I have a lot to do
0: mm-hmm. that
1: I need to focus on. But like we were talked about at the, at the top, it's hard to focus. Yeah. It's just hard to, to really, you know, have the discipline to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. And, If you're working from home and you're used to going to the office, it's like, okay, well, am I, and also there's not as much work, obviously, because it's Mm -hmm. everything shut down. It's like, do I have to be on call this whole time? Do I, is it okay to go to the food store now? Like, I don't even know. So, um, and it's been okay. And I have two kids who are 15 and 13 and they're old enough, thank, also thank God to, you know, Take care of themselves mm-hmm. for the most part and not need us too much I, yeah. I i really feel for people who have like little kids oh my god i know this, my cousin I has a newborn it's, it, oh my god uh-huh. um you know i mean a newborn you're home anyway but somebody you know somebody that that has like a seven-year-old that, that's at school all day yeah. and now they're suddenly not exactly home. Yeah. well you know what's so, really
0: scary i just saw it on facebook i haven't met the newborn but um the mom so like to so my cousin sam so it's guy and then um so he's married to this woman and they 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 literally just had a baby i think it was in um february maybe Mm -hmm. january so Mm -hmm. it's really young she's really young but the mom just posted that she has to go back to work today and she works in the health industry so it's like she said she doesn't even she has to pick her daughter up from wherever her daughter's going to be before she can even take a shower i can't even fucking imagine uh, you know, I mean, That's she crazy. she had, you know, her time off, but now she's got to go back to work and she's got an infant. I just can't even fucking imagine. So, um, oh, yeah, that would be that would be hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: grateful that oh. I don't have any kids now.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's uh, my kids were, were playing. It, it, it's been two weeks now they haven't had school. They're, they're actually playing chess. Wow. Which is not uh, I know. It's crazy. We've achieved chest levels of boredom. In our house. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I like that they're doing that. And, uh, you know, my wife is, is a therapist and she's actually right now in my office doing uh, a session online, you know, oh right. So uh-huh. He's working remotely yes, and uh, stuff like that. I, I, I've, I've talked on the phone a lot. I've called yeah. my mom every day. Yeah, me too. You know, I've got, my brother is a nurse in the ER oh, my uh, God. in New Jersey. And uh, so I've called him, I talked to him. I think I've talked to him more in the last two weeks and I've talked to him in the year before that like yeah. you know yeah you know, he's a little bit text and every once in a while but I you know I, guess I he lives by himself and Yeah, I just want to make sure he's okay and and also see what he's doing mm-hmm. and, um you know cuz he's he's on the front lines of this thing and uh wow. you know I and mean, he's pretty zen about it but yeah, um, you know so there's a lot of phone and then obviously I'm trying to read I'm trying to read I'm reading Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy oh wow which I've never read before which is fantastic and um Obviously, like everyone, we're just watching TV. You know, we're what are
0: some stuff. of your what are some of your shows?
1: Um, I I was thinking about this because you asked before. This is something that we watched previously and not during quarantine. Mm-hmm. But there's a show on Amazon called Patriot. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible title. <laughs> it's so weird and good. Hmm. Um, I highly recommend it. It's one of those things. I think we watched it like maybe two years ago, and I can't stop. Think- I still think about it all the time. Really, it's about this guy who is like. He's sort of like a CIA assassin, and he kind of goes off. like he he loses his mind a little bit, and then he's he starts writing folk songs that are confessional folk songs about all the bad stuff he does, and then he's trying to do this other thing in Luxembourg. I don't know. It's really it's it's just it's so strange, and it's not like anything else I've seen. Huh. And um, it's really 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 good. And there's two seasons, and they're both. You know, the first season ends perfectly. It could have ended there, but it's also. The second season is just as good. It's it's uh, that show's fantastic. Huh. Um, so I and I don't think a lot of people have heard of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I haven't gonna, heard of it. Sure.
0: Yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. well, I'm. Are, do you do you watch Sch- Schitt's Creek?
1: <laughs> I don't like Schitt's Creek. I'm like one of the five. Okay, people. Okay. Well, let me ask
0: you a question it. on it because I didn't like it at first. How how many times did you watch it?
1: I, I, you know, I watched the first episode and it was so bad that I couldn't, I just just like, I can't even imagine this will ever get funny from here. And obviously it has because everyone, well, the it,
0: thing so, like. this, you know, I told my mom, um, I, cause you know, I've talked about it cause I like it. And it was funny because when we first started watching it, I, it was okay. And even Bob said something like, it's, it's like Chinese food where you could just have it once and then you got to kind of wait for a while before you can have it again. But it's, st- but what wound up started happening and toward the end of the second season, they start giving. they develop hard, they're always caricatures, always, and, yeah. you know, they're not necessarily likable because they're all up their own ass. They become likable, I, to, you know, to me. I can't say that they would to you. I can't say that this would be your humor because it does take a certain kind of humor to appreciate it, but I didn't necessarily like the show very much. I thought there were some things that were okay Um, that made me laugh. And then, but then, then when it got hard, it was like, I don't know, something switched over. And again, it's toward the end of the second season. And it just like, now it's one of my favorite. I love them. In fact, Bob and I are on our, we, we watched, we watched the first five seasons and then we were waiting for the second season. So we went right back and started watching it from the beginning again, which was kind of interesting to see after you'd yeah, already yeah. seen it. And, and, and then now we're on the sixth season, which I have to say, I think it, it's okay. It's not as good as like the third, fourth, and fifth seasons. It's okay. It has its moments. But it grew on me. It definitely grew on me. So it's like you have okay. to have that kind of sense of humor. And, I, you know, I, like I told my mom, I'm like, I don't know if you'll ever have it. Because she's like, well, maybe I'll try it again. Because she didn't like it either. And um, But I don't know if it's something, because there is a silliness to it that, uh, she, you know, Like, I would say my dad and Bob and me have that kind of silliness sense of humor that my mom doesn't have. She has a different kind of sense of humor. So, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But I just fucking love it. And I love Daniel Levy. I think he is just amazing. He is so funny. So what about, have you seen Kaminsky Method?
1: I've not seen Convinced Commitment.
0: That's fun with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. That's a fun, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's fun. And and then of course, like one of the other shows that I always watch, it's kind of like my girl Bible is Sex and the City, even though, um, because I think I've watched that sex in the city maybe each episode a hundred times and i'm not kidding (laughs) i've seen that but the more that i watch it the more i criticize especially carrie because she's so fucking selfish and i just i still love the show but i like fucking criticize everything she does because she's so she's just so selfish it's unbelievable but i love that and then have you ever seen Orange Is the new black
1: see i can't watch anything
0: in a prison really why
1: yeah. I don't know. It's, I think in a past life I was in prison for so, a crime. I
0: ah. Well, see, I tried can't. to, like, I tried my wife
1: to... is like, my wife really loves that show. So, yeah. so she's seen it all like two or three times or yeah. whatever, but I can't, I'm like, I can't do it. It's just, it's, I can't like forget that they're in prison and I get upset by it, which is really <laughs> weird. I realize but I, I just, I can't watch prison stuff.
0: Well, I was trying to get Bob because I think when we first got together, um, I had been watching it and I don't know what season we were on, I was on, but uh, I, w- I watched whatever season I was on at that point because I'd started from the beginning with him and say maybe we watched five episodes and I completely forgot we did that. So over the course of all the years we've been together, which is five now, I'd bring the show up and I'm like, maybe we can start watching it. He's always has an aversion to it. He's like, we've already seen it. And I'm like, no, we haven't. We haven't seen it. And he's like, yeah, we have. Remember, there was a guy with the big dick. And I'm like, no, no. So anyway, the other night, I'm like, look, let's just watch the first episode. I'm like, there's a lot of lesbian sex in it. And he's like, so you're trying to entice me because of the lesbian sex. So the other night I came out on Saturday and I like, I I literally flashed him and I'm like, can we watch Orange is the New (laughs) York? He's like, okay. (laughs) So we watched the the first episode and I'll have to see what he thinks. Because I said, if you don't like it, you know, we don't have to keep watching it. But I really liked it. And um, so what else? What else? Oh, and the other one is McMillions. Have you seen that?
1: We're in the middle of watching it now. Oh my all god! About, isn't it great? Like, shows where they, they put people in. And I know I know the story. I remember reading the article yeah. about it. Whenever whenever that was that I read the article, but uh, you know, but even that though I sort of sort of depressing in a way. Like I'm like, well, it I, is. I'm so I'm so sensitive right now. It's like so many things. <laughs> like I can't I just can't handle them. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Um. Uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) but it's obviously it's good and it's a good story. And I like, you know, the FBI guys are funny. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, they are. And that's, what's so surprising, especially that one, the the, the series opens (laughs) up with this guy. I can't remember his name, but he is such a character, but I mean, all of these people are such a, they're such characters and I can't wait for the movie. I think, but yes, it's depressing. It's totally depressing because basically I feel that these people who, um, made these stupid poor decisions, um, Got fucked over you know they 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 got fucked over because you know spoiler the mo it involves the mob, and so right. you know i mean it's it's once they got in they couldn't get out and yep. you know and so it's like you watch these people and you watch especially there's this black woman I can't remember her name, but oh my god, you know, when I first was introduced to her she was she was being into the whole FBI scam, where they were like, "Okay, we're gonna say we're doing a reunion thing, and we want you to tell the story of when you won." And she was just like, "I didn't know anything about her." And and. You just look, looked at her and you knew she was guilty. And so, like, I just pegged her as guilty. But then you get to know her and you got to know her story and understand why she did what she did. And she, and it's like, I just felt so bad for her. I just was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, she she's not a bad person. But, like, my initial thing, you could see the fucking guilt on her face. And when you don't know anybody's backstory, you're just like, guilty. But then you know their backstory. And you're like, oh, my God, she just got fucked over so badly and she was not the brightest person in the world so she was easy to just you know pull over and say okay you're going to do this for us and you have to do this and you have to do this and she just got stuck and um but I just thought it it was so entertaining I thought it was one of the most entertaining even though yes it's kind of sad it's it's still one of the most entertaining documentaries I've ever seen and then the last I'll just say is I don't know have you ever seen Ozark?
1: No but you're the 27th person oh my god it's so fucking
0: good you have to watch it it's so good Jason Bateman is just and and what's her name um what's Laura Linney so fantastic so fantastic it's such a great show and I know the third season should be coming out at any moment so you know you can watch the first two seasons and then the the third one should be ready for you but it's really 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 good I mean I don't know if it would depress you I don't think it would depress I, I, you.
1: I think that's why I worry about it. Like I get, I get really like sensitive about certain things. I don't know. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: you are weird, weird, but so am <laughs> I. But wife, that's why I like but, you. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I like um, all the weird people. <laughs>
1: What, am I, I wanna, what are we watching? We're watching, um, well, see, I, I assume you saw Succession. That's like the best show that's been on. I have not years. seen that
0: yet. That's on the list, that's but really, I haven't seen it. That's yet.
1: on HBO. That's mm-hmm. like a, an A-plus show, like in every way. Like right. script, direction, music, acting. Kieran Culkin, who's like Macaulay Culkin. but he's so good in it. Huh. They're all great. They're all of, But he's like, the character is amazing. It's just, I love it so much. <laughs> um, it's just fantastic. And uh, we're watching BoJack Horseman which I'm now two seasons into, but my son is watching it with us and he often doesn't want to watch TV, so we have to kind of wait. You know, so we're, we're not watching it as quickly as I, as
0: mm-hmm. I like
1: that. That's really funny. Um, and, and But, you know, dark, very mm-hmm. dark mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't well, know. well, I can't see.
0: imagine Ozark would be too upsetting for you. I think, no, you, no, I think sure. you might be able I think- to handle it.
1: I think we're gonna wind up watching Ozarks. I'm, really gonna, like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call it right now. We will wind <laughs> up watching Ozarks before the
0: quarantine <laughs> is lifted. <laughs> the, 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 what what I cannot watch is um, Contagion and Outbreak. <laughs> no fucking way. Because I feel sometimes like, did you ever watch Contagion, the movie?
1: Contagion is a great movie. It is a movie, it's, a, it's an awesome movie.
0: It is. And but I think of like Jude Law, and you know how he was giving those like underground radio. Oh yeah. I uh, know, and about that. I, I feel like Jude Law sometimes. Not that I am Jude Law because I'm not giving any fresh information that people don't know, but I don't know, I like feel like I'm behind the microphone and I'm like like Jude Lawing it. And, and I remember even before the fucking pandemic hit, I kind of felt like Jude law, like warning people, like you have to do this. And you have to vote and you, ha- and you know, and that's, I always kind of like identified with his character, but yeah, I can't, and Al and, and I've said this before, but the crazy thing, that's just crazy to me is that my mother is just finishing a book on a global pandemic. And it's just so fucking crazy. It's like, I just, you know, she, she, she finished the book and gave it to me. I think, um, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving, probably Thanksgiving or Christmas that time. And so I read it. It was a like Christmas and I, I read it over the Christmas break. And so just as we're finishing, you know, just as I'm finishing up a book on a global pandemic. <laughs> we have a global pandemic. And it's like, oh, my talk God.
1: About, talk about manifesting. Wow.
0: No shit. No shit. So <laughs> every day she's like, I can't believe this is like my book. But I mean, in the, in the book, you know, you have a, pretty much everyone dies. And then you're just left with whoever w- was able to survive the pandemic, and then they have to start anew. And so that's pretty much what the book is about, is about, you know, people f- finding this particular town and then starting anew. And it's kind of like Little House on the Prairie almost, because...
1: Is it it's a novel or is it a...
0: Yes, it's a novel. My, okay. my mom is a really good writer. You know, she, she's done a million jobs. Um, in her life. She was an actor. She was a bartender. She was a clown for children's parties. She was a finance manager uh, in, in a car dealership. She was in sales. I mean, she's done so many things, but I have to say of all the things that she's ever done, writing is, is the best. And she's been an avid reader her entire life. And so she really knows how to spin a yarn. And, and, you know, I mean, she's not like the great American novelist, but she is kind of, are you familiar with Dean Kuntz? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. And maybe a little bit of Stephen King, not totally Stephen King, but she likes she writes thrillers most of the time. This is a so this dystopian. Is, this is her book. Yes, this is a book that she's ah, writing. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. So, I got you. But I she's miss, written. I, the, I thought you meant one that she was reading. I didn't No, 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 one no, one no. She, she wrote writing. it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow, okay. And she, yeah. she's Did good. You, have you read Station Eleven? No, I haven't. Station Eleven by uh, Emily St. John Mandel um, is also a novel about. You know after the, the sort of the aftermath of the of a global pandemic and but it's not it's it's one of my favorite novels ever i've read it like three or four times hmm. and it's like it's almost like a tr- a tribute to like high art and low art and technology and all of the the good the bad and the ugly that makes sort of human beings awesome and uh hmm. i'll have it's, to check it's it out i know that it's it's kind of a weird thing to read now but I know. um it's so good it's such a good book
0: hmm. Yeah, um, maybe I'll save that till when we're okay. <laughs> when I hospital mean, beds the, are the available. The pandemic there is much worse. I mean,
1: this is, you know, it, well, we'll see. Maybe it'll mutate. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, stay inside. Um, yes. Oh, I was going to, can I tell you a story about my dad real quick? Of course. Okay, so this is like back in the mid-90s or whatever, and I was home, um, going to go back up to work in New York City, and, my, and I was with my friend Chris, and my dad is in the room down the hall. And he's watching something on tv and he's howling laughing like he's he's lost his mind laughing because it's whatever he's watching is so funny so we're like oh okay and uh, my dad has kind of a weird sense of humor but he's i mean he's hysterical laughing so we go in (laughs) to see what he's watching and he's watching outbreak (laughs) <laughs> and Chris looks at me like, "Is your dad okay?" It's not a comedy, <laughs> and I don't know if it was like just because Dustin Hoffman in the military outfit, which is inherently ridiculous, or, but he, he just lost his. He was.
0: Hysterical laughing! So, oh my god, that's so funny. That's, that's my dad. Oh my god, that's so funny! <laughs> wow. Well, you know, um, we just gotta hang in there. I, I like talking to you. It helps. Every, you know, all these to me doing the podcasting. Even though my mind is scatterbrained, and you know, I mean, obviously, I had a list of things to talk to you about, but I also felt I feel lost. I just kind of feel like I'm lost and I'm feeling my way through. So talking to people like you is good and helpful because we can laugh and we can kind of keep things normal. And that's just what I think everybody wants to kind of grasp on to normal, even though we're living in times that are absolutely not normal. Um, and yeah. these press yeah. conferences are just um, uh, uh, infuriating is not even close to how I feel. You know, Yeah. Like infuriated I should say is not even close to how I feel when I see him fucking lying it makes me I just can't even fucking believe we're here I cannot believe it every day I wake up and I'm like oh my god oh my god and it's so weird because like my my life has not changed very much I I am not somebody who's overly social I mean the only times that I do social things are seeing my parents or seeing people in my family I moved here a couple of years ago and I work from home and I'm busy all the time so it's like it, I haven't really – I have some friends, but mostly my friends are people who who live in other states. So I don't have girlfriends that I can go to dinner with, um, although I'm working on that. But, uh, you know, not now, but it's just <laughs> – we need – it's like – uh, my life hasn't changed, but it's totally changed. And it's just the fear. And I keep like, I keep going back between feeling like, okay, I think things might be okay to completely panicked. And I'm trying not, you know, as I mentioned, this whole manifesting business in order to manifest whatever it is you want in your life to be successful at it, you must keep like a positive attitude. And, right. um, so, you know, what I, what I've did, especially before the pandemic was replace negative thoughts with whatever I'm grateful for, You know, just reminding myself, I'm so grateful and like really feeling that gratitude. Um, and it's just become really difficult, but I still do it. But every day I wake up and I kind of feel like a zombie for a while. And I feel like I need to be grateful. I need to be grateful. <laughs> I think yeah, about well, I mean, what the scariest you know, possible I, scenario I mean, everybody,
1: is. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I certainly feel like a zombie. Well, you know, it's weird. This mm-hmm. is a weird, because it, it feels like this is a zombie apocalypse yes. to some degree. And yet, of course, it's not like everything right. on, in some local way is fun. I think the thing to do sort of is to, you know, you obviously have to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. But to take breaks from that yes. and just focus on what's around you and the, you know, hey, I'm I, everything. My family is home. We're okay. We have enough yeah. food. I have enough toilet paper. You're lucky um, we're running
0: out. <laughs> I hoard
1: toilet paper even in non pandemic <laughs> times. So I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I, and cat litter. I have so much cat litter that it's like, (laughs) um, so yeah, I, I, you know, and just to focus on kind of those, the, the things around you and and just think, Oh, have you done the zoom thing yet with your friends in these other States? No, I haven't. You know, where you can just kind of go out, she'll go in the room and hang out with her friends and come out drunk and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I think it's good, you know, I'm actually tomorrow I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons via Zoom.
0: Oh, that's Dungeons cool. Yeah, no, I haven't yeah. done that yet. No, that's totally cool. Well, all right. Well, I will let you get back to whatever you were doing before uh, the podcast. But again, thank you for um, being on. You know, you're going to come back. Tell everybody where to find you.
1: Um, I'm on Twitter at Greg Olear, uh, O-L-E-A-R. And you can check out my uh, my sub stack, which is called Prevail. So if you just Google my name and Prevail, you'll find me.
0: All right, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. I always have fun talking to you.
1: Likewise. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right, well, you take care, and stay safe, and stay home. Yeah, you too. <laughs> okay. okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I always like talking to Greg. He's fun, and, um, you know, I'm fucking going crazy. I mean, you know, it's just so hard for me. Not that I, I'm i alone here. Not like, oh, it's just all about me. It's It's so hard for you, too, I know. And there are people who have it way worse, and so I do count my blessings. But it's just every day. It's like I said to Greg, I wake up and I can't fucking believe we're here. I can't fucking believe it. So, um, I'm just going to do a real quick, once again, pitch for my mom's books. Um, because I know that my mom is, you know, alone and I can't see her. I, I, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you about her books in a minute, but, um, she, you know, I mean, she has enough food and everything. I went over to visit her on Saturday, but what I did, I brought groceries for her and I, Oh my God, I totally am like the coronavirus. I hope I never catch it, but I'm taking every precaution. It's like I went to the gas station and I brought Windex with me and I squirted down the um, uh, handle and then I held the handle with paper towels and then I pushed all the, you know, when when you're paying with your ATM, I pushed all the the buttons and everything with the paper towel and then I threw the paper towel away and then I cleaned my hands. So um, then I went to the grocery store, bought up a bunch of groceries. I mean, I didn't hoard. Um, in fact, I went to Safeway, which uh, they are limiting your purchases to, like, for instance, 12 canned goods at a time. You can only get two um, packages of, of chicken or, or turkey. So, But, I, you know, I went and I bought things that I, I knew, like, she needed. I wanted to get her some Aleve. I wanted to get some Tylenol, some cough medicine just in case, um, because, of course, my worst fear is her catching this. And so I, you know, I figure what I'm going to do while this quarantine is going on as, as okay, here's, here's the guidelines. Um, I will not touch my parents until the, the curve has been flattened and hospital beds are available because of course my parents are both in their 70s. So I'm not even taking that risk. I have to go to the grocery store. So that's where I go. And now today, uh, Larry Hogan has put Well, I should say he hasn't put us on lockdown, but it's non-essential stuff is closed. So only the essential, um, you know, essential stores and stuff are open. So um, I'm taking every precaution, but I figure I can go and visit my mom and I can visit my dad in the backyard and we can stay more than six feet apart, maybe sit at a deck or something like that. My dad has a dog, though, and I don't know how I'm going to get past that because I don't want to get them sick. And I mean, with my dad, it's my stepmom and oh my God, they all have to fucking stay healthy. So it's like, I don't want to touch the dog. I'm going to have to figure out what to do with the dog. And the dog is so cute and he's all over me. So I don't know how we're going to deal with that. But anyway, um, because my mom is alone, I worry about her, uh, you know, more than anything. And so it would be awesome if you could buy one of her books <laughs> and I'm going to recommend crazy. That's my favorite one, but there's also dreams and nightmares and Cooper's Grove. And I think what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to put a link to her Amazon page. So she's, she's also got a book, a uh, trio called three to thrill. And that's got Cooper's Grove, dreams and nightmares and crazy. And really they're all good. Crazy is my favorite because it's about a serial killer and, um, it's a serial killer with a twist and there's actually dark humor in it. And the lead character is loosely based on me, but that's not why I like it. But I, but it's, it's not because I'm, um, egotistical, but because it's funny to read like how she framed me, even though it's really not me. It's somebody else, Emily Simonson, and she's got a totally different career, although she's an author. But, um, and when my mother wrote this, I was not an author. I was a salesperson, I think. I think by that point I'd stopped acting and I was just in sales. But anyway, so I'm going to put her Amazon page in the link, um, on the Patreon description. So please take a look and, uh, you know, if, if she, if you, if you're into thrillers, then I think you're going to like her books. And then I'm also going to ask if, you know, you, you can also go to my Amazon page, Kimberly Ann Johnson, and you can see, you know, I, I have been selling *Patent's choice, which is, it was written for young adults, but some adults like it. It's about teenage abortion. Always, 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 always give reviews to uh, authors you like because authors depend on it. I mean, people like Stephen King do whatever you want but because he's going to write books till he dies. But especially independent, especially woman authors, it doesn't matter if it's me or my mom or whoever out there, give them good reviews if you like their books. Because I mean, reviews are everything and it's, it's so hard to sell a book. It's like, you can't just do an ad, you know, you can't just buy an ad somewhere on the internet People don't respond to ads when it comes to books. You listen to what your friends have to say or recommendation or reviews. So don't forget to review. And that also means review. Um, don't forget to go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and give me a review. I got one more rating, so that's awesome. Um, but anyway, that's it. I, you know, I, I told you this is... This <laughs> I am scatterbrained. I am having such a hard time focusing. What I want to do right now is like, go to bed. I just want to go to sleep. Some people are having problems sleeping, and all I want to do is sleep. I just want to sleep, 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 and I'm not sick. Um, it's just that I feel like it's an escape, I guess, um, and I have to kind of force myself and push myself through this, even though my schedule has not changed. But I just mentally, this whole thing is so crazy. But um, okay, so don't forget on Wednesday, I'm going to be talking with Katherine Stewart. She's an author, and she, um, you know, she, she wrote that book that I talked about in the intro, which, where did I put it? Here it is um it's called The Power Worshippers Inside the Dangerous Rise of Religious Nationalism. This is going to be an interesting video because she has a very unique take on this. She's done a lot of studying, so we all know that the evangelicals are crazy and they want to they want to rule, but she's like she wrote a whole book about it and it's really fucking good. So we're going to talk to her on Wednesday and on it's either going to be on Thursday or Tuesday I'm going to do the patrons only show and I have to still figure out which one I'm going to do probably shooting for Thursday but just in case it'll be um, March 31st so we're either looking at March 26th or 31st I'm going to do the patrons only show I promise and all right we will see you on Wednesday take care everybody